0: You are listening to a message from Praise Community Church in York, Pennsylvania. We hope that the message today encourages you to grow closer in your relationship with Jesus. We are glad you can join us and we would love to get to know you. Please connect with us on Facebook and Instagram or visit praiseyork.com. Here's today's message. I wanted to uh, talk to you guys this morning about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm really excited to do such a thing. And how many of you have, have heard of that term before, being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Oh, amen. I said this in the first service. Something happens when you get baptized. Um, so if I take this piece of bread and I dip it into this, this juice right here, what happens to the bread? It's filled with that juice, right? Now, if I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit, I probably wouldn't eat this because a lot of your fingers have been in this juice. All right, but no, no sna- snake or serpent can harm me, all right? Thank you, God. So when we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we actually get filled with the Holy Spirit. And the one thing I didn't understand when I was growing up, which I'm beginning to understand now. First, let me just say this. I, I want to openly admit to you in humility that I work on my hunger. There's a place for me to be filled even more so. There's a place, place for me to have more courage. There's a place for me to actually produce more testimony. So like you, I'm on that journey of wanting to be more effective for the Lord. Something happens, though. I'll put it this way. How many of you are familiar with John Wesley? He was a famous revivalist from uh, England. He came over here to America. A lot of the churches that we have, the United Methodist Church was founded by him. And in the United Methodist Church, uh, before he founded it, there was this, this experience that he had where he went to this street called Aldersgate, and at the Aldersgate street, he was hearing somebody expound upon Romans 5, his heart felt strangely warm, and he knew at that moment that he was saved by grace. It was the, it was, I'm not saying that it was his salvation moment, what I'm saying is he was assured of his salvation in that moment. It's called Aldersgate. His Aldersgate experience. Then there's another experience that, that not many people are, are, know about called Fetter's Lane. Fetters Lane is the place where Charles Wesley, George Whitefield, and John Wesley were worshiping. Uh, It was New Year's Day. They were worshiping through the night. They were asking the Lord Jesus to come back to earth. They were with a bunch of people. The Holy Spirit came in a powerful way, and actually everybody there experienced a filling of the Holy Spirit. A very, very powerful experience that John Wesley had. His ministry up until that point was not effective. After that, it was very effective. How many of you have ever heard of Aldersgate United Methodist Church? How many of you have ever heard of Fetter's Lane United Methodist Church? It doesn't exist, right? People are more comfortable with salvation than they are being filled with the Holy Spirit. I asked uh, AI this morning, I said, is there a Fetter's Lane United Methodist Church on the planet? It said no. I said, is there uh, Aldersgate United Methodist? There's hundreds of them. I grew up at at a church called Aldersgate United Methodist Church. So there's something about being saved that the world accepts. There's something about being filled with the Holy Spirit that people sort of begin to shy away from. And I want to just talk to you guys about that this morning and how important it is that we all be filled with the Holy Spirit and be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So the first question then becomes, well, don't I have the Holy Spirit if I am saved? I'd like everybody in this room to know that, yes, you were given a portion of the Holy Spirit when you got saved. In fact, I want to read to you some scripture that uh, Jesus says in John about you and your relationship to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, and therefore this person has a responsibility and a function. And so I want to read it to you. The first thing that I want to read to you is John 16, 7. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I am leaving, for if I do not leave, the helper, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. There was a period of, I believe, 40 days where Jesus, or wait a second, 10 days, because they went and prayed for 10 days. There was a period of 10 days where Jesus was not here and the Holy Spirit was not here. And what did Jesus tell Christians to do for 10 days? Wait, right? Why? That's, you're missing out on 10 days of ministry. Well, Jesus was not on the earth and the Holy Spirit was not on the earth. And if the Holy Spirit is not on the earth, don't even bother ministering. What would you be ministering? So the only thing they could do is wait for the Holy Spirit to come. After they prayed and tarried for 10 days, the Holy Spirit fell upon them and all of a sudden their ministry changed. It transformed. Something new happened. And they were empowered. Did they have the Holy Spirit before they were baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, there was a moment when Jesus was on the earth where he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit, right? And let me just read to you the role of the Holy Spirit, like, who is the Holy Spirit to you is what I want to read. But I tell you the truth, I just read that, sorry. It says, I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper or an advocate so that he may be with you forever. So you're not supposed to be alone. This is the era of the Holy Spirit. It has been ever since Jesus ascended. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So he is with you forever, always. The Holy Spirit. The helper, he's also the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him. So one of your roles is to actually get to know who the Holy Spirit is, what he likes and what he doesn't like, what his role is and what your role is. Because if you can figure out what your role is, you won't do his role. And if you know what his role is, right, then you'll let him do it. because it does not see him or know him, but you know him, that's one of your roles, because he remains with you and will be in you. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom my father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. So one of his roles is to teach you, one of your roles is to be taught by him. How many of you are saved? One of your jobs is to be taught by the Holy Spirit. That's one of your jobs. His job is to teach you. So when people say, I don't know if I have confidence enough to understand the Word, I am 100% sure that you shouldn't have confidence to understand the Word. 100% on that. I do have 100% confidence that the Holy Spirit will teach you the Word. And He's really good at it. But you have to show up to class, and you might want to have a question. He will teach you all things and remind you of all that I said to you. When the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, namely the Spirit of truth, who comes from the Father, he will testify about me. For anybody who's having trouble hearing from the Holy Spirit, ask him a question about Jesus. One of the things that I started to do for a season was I just started to ask him about his sacrifice and what that has actually done for me and what that actually means. The Holy Spirit is a chatterbox about Jesus Christ. That's who he enjoys talking about. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own, but whatever he hears. So how many of you know the truth? How many of you are in a process of knowing the truth? How many of you understand that there's still a truth that you're being led and guided into? That's kind of a paradox, isn't it? So then like, if you hear a new teaching, the, the, one of the greatest temptations for me when I was in my twenties was I was It was very hard for me to learn anything because I didn't understand this concept. I thought I knew all the truth. I had been to seminary for crying out loud. (laughs) Amen. So I thought I knew it all. And when somebody said something that I didn't know, it was like, you're wrong because I know the truth, but I forgot that I was being led and guided into truth. He will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Isn't that wild? I'm not talking about prophecy. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit wants to disclose to you what is to come. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you're like, I knew this was going to happen? He can disclose the truth to you about the future. That's everyone's right. Not as someone who's baptized in the Holy Spirit, as someone who is just saved and has received the Holy Spirit through salvation. He will glorify me for he will take from mine and will disclose it to you. So he tells them about the Holy Spirit. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. And then he says this, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait For what the father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witness. Power. A lot lot of times people ask, you know, what's the evidence that you're baptized in the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you right now, it's power. Power to live a certain way and to be able to do something about situations because of his power that he's given you. See, it's, it's one thing to say this, and you, you guys have to, to, to grapple with this. I know some of you in the room, like maybe you were baptized in the Holy Spirit and you had an experience. Maybe some of you got baptized in the Holy Spirit when you first got saved. I don't know what everyone's situation is, but I do know this. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you have power. And if you don't feel like you have power to walk out what this book says, then maybe you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's not a club, it's not a denomination, it's not a new level, it's not a look at me, I'm this, it's none of that. Do you have power to live what it is that he asks you to live in here? Because if you don't, what you're going to do is you're going to take this book and you're going to say, well, no one can live up to this standard, thank God Jesus Christ died for my sins, I'll just keep on sinning. Why? Because I don't have the power not to. Meanwhile, he laid the most powerful person at your feet, the Holy Spirit, and says, receive it and be filled by it and be baptized in it, in him. And so for a very long time, I took this book. I didn't let the Holy Spirit teach me what it said. I came to my own conclusions and came to this conclusion. Jesus Christ died so that I could continue on sinning. And one day I'll be with him in heaven. That is not a victorious gospel, and there's no, it's not even written in here. But that was my conclusion. Why? Because they didn't receive power. I can tell you the day that I was filled with the Holy Spirit. I have a best friend. His name's Brian Connolly. Brian Connolly went to a conference. He had been, he had been like, he had been struggling. And when he would call me and ask, and like just confess his sins to me, you know what I'd say to him? I wouldn't say, I'm going to pray for you and you're going to be freed from that. That's not what I said because that wasn't my theology. Uh, My theology was, what do you want me to do? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That stinks for you. I don't have any power to do anything about it for you. Sorry about that. Right? I'll pray and ask God to do something about it. And maybe he will, maybe he won't. But whatever happens, I guess, is the will of God. And we can all be confused about his will even though Jesus Christ came to the earth and demonstrated exactly what his will is. I'll never forget this. I was in a room once, and um, we, me and Brian were at a church. Brian and I were at a church, and things were, things were happening, and things were moving, and people were getting healed, and there was somebody there with cerebral palsy, and they didn't get healed. And I'll, I'll never forget this. Um, the person questioned whether or not it was God's will for them to be healed, which I totally get. But then Brian stood up and said this, can I ask everyone a question? If Jesus was healed, would he heal this person? And everybody said, yes. Everybody said, yes, of course, even the person. And he said, so then can I say something? If we're not seeing what Jesus would do, it just means that we're not done yet. We're not done growing. We're not done growing in faith. We we need more of the Holy Spirit, but I can assure you it's not God's will for you to live with cerebral palsy for the rest of your life. And I was just like, yeah, amen. So Brian goes to this conference because he's struggling with a certain kind of sin. He goes to this conference, gets completely delivered of it, right? He says, he's telling me this. Now I've been to seminary. I went to Asbury Seminary where four revivals were and nobody ever told me about one of those revivals while I was there. And I went to Aldersgate United Methodist, not Fetters Lane, right? So I've already been primed to disbelieve what Brian's about to tell me. Brian says that he went to this conference. And when he was at this conference, they were talking about the Holy Spirit, which I'm familiar with. I went to theology school. I, I, I took Theology 3 that was all about the Holy Spirit. I read Odin's book, this author who talks about it. So I was familiar with the Holy Spirit. And he says they laid hands on me and I got filled with the Holy Spirit. And in my mind, I'm like, whoa, buddy that sounds a little outlandish. <laughs> so at that point, I had my opinion and I was gripping hard on it. And he kept telling me, and you can't, guys, the sincerity in his eyes, what it was he was telling me. And he said, Adam, I've been set free from sin and I can't stop praying. Amen. And I just want to be alone with him and I just want to read this book. Amen. And I had my opinion. And like... And certainly I was holier than that guy. And I was like, hold on a second here. Are you telling me that there's, there's something in the kingdom that's outside my experience thus far? Yeah, right. <laughs> so I had my opinion. And, and he's sitting there and he says... And I said this to him. I said, do you think God would baptize me in the Holy Spirit? And he said, I don't know if he will. I can lay hands on you and I can pray and we can see what happens. And, I, and I, he said, so he laid hands on me. He said, Holy Spirit, come. He prayed for like 40, 40 seconds. And I went to turn around to let him know that nothing's happening and it's okay. Um, your whole story is a sham, right? I wasn't going to say the second part, but I still had my opinion in case I needed it. And I go to turn around and I can't move. In fact, I can't budge. And all of a sudden, it's like somebody grabbed me by the belt and pulled me forward. I remember my head hit off the kitchen floor, and I started screaming. Because I was terrified, right? For those of you wondering what happened, Brian, Brian has never been able to take me to the ground. So I know it wasn't him. That's never happened. <laughs> For those of you who are thinking that, that's never happened once. The Holy Spirit pulled me to the ground so fast. And the reason I was screaming is because I was terrified. And all of a sudden I was being filled with the Holy Spirit and I had things in me that weren't supposed to be there and they were coming out. Now, you might say, well, that sounds weird. It was. It was really weird. And I'll be the first to tell you that. The first thing I had, I had a fear. I had a fear of man. I remember I used to like preach sermons and then I'd get done with the sermon and I'd be like, I hope that was okay. I wonder if somebody liked it. And somebody would come up to me and say, hey, you did a pretty good job in your sermon. I didn't. But you know when you're not good at something, people feel the need to, to come up to you and tell you how awesome it was so that you're okay? There's a lot of that going on. I had a fear of man. I care about what people think. I cared so much about what people think, I didn't care about what people thought. You know what I mean? I kept everybody at a distance. I had a fear of being alone. I kept everybody at bay. And I had unforgiveness towards my dad. And for those of you who know my dad, please forgive me. The guy's awesome, right? Right? I had all this stuff in my heart that I didn't know was there. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. It all got pushed out. And I, man, I'm telling you, I was ready to rock and roll. I, I felt empowered, empowered. And all of a sudden, what I thought, I felt like what I was, what I thought I believed scripture, I thought I was like operating in a level two. And I began to operate at like a level nine. And I couldn't believe what this book had to tell me. And I couldn't believe how the the book of Acts began to make sense to me after the experience I had and after I let go of my opinion. Amen. Yes, Lord. If you don't, if you're lacking, if you don't seem like you this would this would be a tragedy. This would be an absolute tragedy, is that you walk into heaven forgiven when the power was there the whole time. You walk into heaven with the ministry that you could pull off in your own strength. Meanwhile, the power to do the ministry he intended it to be was there the whole time, right? I'm not saying that he'd say, hey, get out of here, buddy. You're not filled with the Holy Spirit. This isn't about salvation. This is about being effective, living effectively for him morally and also in a powerful way for other people. So I want to read to you a parable And when Brian showed me this, my mouth almost dropped. How many of you have read his book, Baptized in the Holy Spirit? It's a good book. A lot of people out there um, selling it for anybody who still wants to buy it. So this is what happens. In Luke 11, it says, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples to pray. So this is real interesting because for those of you who know what happened in Luke 9, in Luke 9 was the demonized boy, and he says, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. At this point, somebody in the group said, huh, maybe I need to learn how to pray better. So somebody asked him. And he says to him, and he gives us the uh, our Father in Heaven prayer. But then he tells them this parable. Listen to this parable. And he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and, and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves. This is what's going on. Because a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to serve him. So in those days, like somebody's on a journey, they're most likely walking or they're on a, a donkey or horseback and they're coming in and you're, just, you're not going to just sleep outside. You're trying to drive this, to this place and get there. The friend arrives at midnight Maybe he wasn't expecting him. Maybe it was sudden. I don't know. But the friend is there and he's hungry and he has nothing to eat. So this guy goes over to his neighbor's house and knocks at midnight, which is very bold thing to do. Because in those days when everybody slept, everybody's in the same bed keeping warm. So his whole family's there. So when he's knocking, it's not like everybody's in their own bedroom. He just woke up the whole family. And he woke up the whole family so that he could feed his friend. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut and my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and get you anything. I tell you, even if he will not get up and give him anything, just because he is his friend, yet because of his shamelessness. Isn't that an interesting word? I can stand here before you and say this. I don't need anybody I don't need anybody to think of me in any, any kind of way. Like, I'm shameless when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Like, he's the man, right? And I would, for, for me, and maybe, that maybe I, I, I'm, I'm only guessing here. Why don't people preach the Holy Spirit more and the ministry of the Holy Spirit more? Maybe because they don't have enough shamelessness in themselves and care too much what people think. Well, what if somebody gets offended? I'd rather have somebody offended at the chance that they would get filled with the Holy Spirit. What if somebody leaves? I'd rather have somebody leave, at the chance that they might come and get filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, Lord. Yet yeah, because of his shamelessness, he will get up, get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who the, who knocks it will be opened. We're still in the same chapter. Now, which one of you fathers will his son ask for a fish and instead of a fish, will he give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg and his father will give him a scorpion. So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is what I'd like to say. This is how Christians, this is a Christian culture. I'm sorry about it, okay? But most Christians would do this. Friend comes over hungry, knocks, We'd say, dear Jesus, would you please feed my friend? He needs bread. Instead of going to God saying, God, would you please give me the power to feed my friend? Receive the power and then give the friend whatever he needs. I was in the gym the other day. There was a person, they had an arm sling like this in their arm and I just received prayer and and, and experienced healing myself. And I was looking at that arm sling. And sometimes, I don't know what, what you guys are are like in public, but I, I really sometimes have a hard time seeing somebody who is in need. That day I saw it, and they were there, and they were a big old tough guy, and I saw that tough guy, and I went over to him. I said, hey, this sounds strange, but this is super cool. I had a shoulder injury. Somebody just prayed. It, it, it got healed. Um, would you mind if I prayed for your shoulder? Do you mind if I lay hands on your shoulder? Why? Why didn't I just stay on the treadmill and say, Lord, heal that person's shoulder. If it's your will, heal that person's shoulder. Because where does the Holy Spirit live? In me. If I go, then, if I don't go, then it don't go. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you guys get it? Yeah. Yes. Where does the Holy Spirit live? Filled with it. Filled with the Holy Spirit. With boldness. Shamelessness. Walking over to somebody. And I understand what that looks like. That's why I said, hey, this sounds weird. Because, guys, I'm socially with it. <laughs> I have to tell my staff this all the time. They're like, now, socially, make sure. You, I go, guys, my social IQ through the roof, you guys, down here. So would you mind if I laid my hands on you and just prayed? And what if your shoulders healed? He needed an MRI. He was going to get it Sunday. It was Friday. I laid hands on him. Saturday, I go in there. He's in there. Slings off. I said, how are you doing? He goes, it's 50% better. I said, I can't wait to see the MRI. Monday comes, I see him. what the MRI say? I didn't get it. I worked my shoulders out instead. I said, amen, right? Amen. But now here's the thing. That's not the ministry of Adam Bauer. That is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And it's encased in you. So if you don't let it out, it doesn't come out. Why do I come to that conclusion? Because of what this book says. You are a co-laborer with Christ. We are meant to be filled with the Holy Spirit and we are meant for boldness and we are meant to lay our hands on people. See, the, the Holy Spirit will tell you your future, but he won't tell you the future of somebody else unless you're filled with the Holy Spirit. So I can say, say to you, I could say, hey, nice haircut, Right? Or I can say to you, this is what God is saying about you in this season. And this is what he loves about you. And I can actually speak the words that God would tell. Why? Because when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can act like the Holy Spirit. And the description that I read to you about the Holy Spirit is now the role you can play in other people's lives. It's like a game of tag. You're it. Right? Have you guys ever played tag where there was multiple taggers? And when somebody touches you, then all of a sudden you have the power of the tagger right, and so next Sunday night, Brian Conley's coming, what's impartation, it's the laying on of hands, it's, it's the impartation of the Holy Spirit, and this is, this is what I would say to you, in your heart, if you're like, man, I just don't know if that's for me, don't worry about it, like if you have an opinion and you want to cling to the opinion, you can still attend this church, that's absolutely fine, right, but if you want to believe for a second that maybe there's more in this kingdom than you've experienced yet, and maybe you're on a journey with truth, being led and guided into it, and at the possibility of what I'm saying could maybe be true, even if you think it's 2%, maybe there's a 2% chance that it's true, I think it'd be worth the drive to come on out and find out for yourself whether or not it's true. Because in the midst of, of doubting everything that what Brian was saying to me, I was like, but what if he's telling me the truth and what if it happens for me? And it did, baby. I remember, um, do you mind if I share your story? Is that okay? So uh, I had to go home and tell my wife, so, and I'm socially with it, so I know what it sounds like, right? So I didn't go into the detail that I just told you about all that kind of stuff. So I said, hey, I had this experience and blah, 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 and I told my wife. And... Um, And she said, well, if that's true, God will have to do that for me. Which is an appropriate response. Because that, that was kind of like my response. Like, hey, if what you're saying is true, it'll be proven true, right? And so then uh, Erica and I, um, we drive up to see Brian. We didn't have kids at the time. Brian had a little girl named Emma. She's probably like one or two at that time. And uh, we're up there, and I'll never forget it. We are, we're playing a game in his basement. And I've never had this experience before, but I felt Brian began to talk about the Holy Spirit. And I remember I felt the presence of God move into the room. It came in from behind me and began to hover over us and I could sense it. And I was like, uh, oh!" I was like, my wife's about to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, all of a sudden he stopped talking about it. And I felt the Holy Spirit go off the other side of the room. And I was like, well, that's a big letdown. And we went to sleep that night, and we woke up the next morning. We got into the car, and my wife said, you know what? Last night, I felt like I was supposed to ask Brian to lay hands on me and pray for me, and I didn't. And I said, yes, of course. That's what you were supposed to do. And I turned the car back around. And we drove up there. And we went to the door, and we said, Brian, would you pray for Erica? And you might say, well, why do I keep reference?" Brian has such a faith for this. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and so she came in and Brian and I, we laid hands on her and we just began to um, pray and Erica fell down on the floor and she got up and she began to prophesy over Brian. The stuff that we're starting to see happen now and that was probably 15 years ago, right? Isn't that cool? Yeah, so... Is there more? Absolutely. Does everybody have an opinion? Yep. Is your opinion based on your past? Yes. Do you want to cling to that or do you want to discover that there's more in the kingdom than maybe you've experienced? Completely up to you. Either way, um, you're welcome to attend here. Right? We don't check baptisms at the door. Um, but man, if, if this sparked one person's curiosity, Good. There's, there's, something, there's something about it that I just want for every person. I, 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 I can't tell you how exciting the Bible is and how exciting life is when you're, when you're filled with the very one whom, whom it's about. It's awesome. Again, it's not a club. And I just want to end with this. I'm not interested in a charismatic culture. And what I mean by that is I'm not interested in acting spirit-filled. I'm interested in being effective with the spirit. Huge difference. Let me just give you an example. I've been a part of charismatic meetings where somebody stands up and speaks in tongues and somebody interprets it and then we all go about our business as if that didn't even happen. I don't mind saying this. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in interpretation but if that interpretation or that tongue doesn't literally grip our hearts and actually stop the meeting and transform the meeting and where it was going, and we all of a sudden now have a conviction of what, how we need to live now because God interrupted that meeting, I, I don't know if it was really tongues, and I don't know if that was really the interpretation. I'm talking about effectiveness. I want to be effective, I don't want to checkbox gifts in operation. I remember I was, at a, I was at a meeting once, and um, somebody spoke in tongues, and the interpretation came it literally stopped the meeting. We stopped what we were doing, and we completely changed what we were doing, because God wanted to do something different than we had planned. It was powerful. We were all in awe after that happened. And it was amazing. Um, I remember, you guys remember the last time uh, Dylan Standridge was here last April? Probably one of the most powerful words of knowledge gifts I've ever seen. And the gifts of the Spirit, that's, that's how God has decided to express himself through the Holy Spirit, through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Dylan Standridge st- stood up here and gave, gave prophetic words, but before he gave the prophetic word, gave a word of knowledge beforehand. It was powerful. The people back in that back prayer room, how are they doing what they're doing? How come there's testimony? Well, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Laying their hands on people. The problem is, is if you don't get the Holy Spirit, this is my fear. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't care how long you have to contend for it, right? Is then you'll take the gospel and you will take it down, the the bar down to the point where you can accomplish it on your own. Apart from him. And that's the, that's the majority of the Christian walk today is that people have taken the bar that God is calling us to, Jesus saying, follow me. And we say, I don't know if I need to follow you as much as you think I do, as much as I need to just read my Bible five minutes a day, say my, my five minute prayer in the morning, give a little bit in the basket and attend church on Sunday sometimes. Right? As opposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit lay your hands on the sick, deliverance, all the gifts, walk this way. It's different, isn't it? And I'm not telling you that I'm doing it perfectly. What I'm saying is this, is that I have no delusion about how high the bar is and I'll never stop fighting to be filled with the Holy Spirit so that one day I could stand in front of him and have himself say, well done, good and faithful servant. I gave you power and you embraced it and did what you possibly could with it. Good job, Adam. Amen. Come on. And I, I, this is what I'm saying for you guys. That if he actually did, if, if, what this, if what I'm saying is true, and that's the interpretation of this, he has laid a person at your feet called the Holy Spirit. Do life with him. Do life with him. Understand what his role is. Even if you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit, go through John 14, 15, and 16, and just see what his role is for the believer that you received at salvation. And see what your role is. Amen. Would you stand? Brian's books out there for anybody who wants to understand more of the Holy spirit It is filled with scripture. And next week when Brian speaks in the morning, he's, he's a scripture machine gun. So just bring up a pen and pad. Um, he's selling that book out there. And then that night we're doing an impartation service. which I'm excited for. So Father, we, we, we just thank you and we just praise you. I'm asking for you, not me, not a persuasive sermon. I'm asking you to bring conviction around whether or not what I am saying is true. And I trust that you can appropriately deal with your people and you know the plans that you have for them and you know whether or not there is more for them to have. So I pray that every single person that is meant to be there Sunday night would be there. And I pray whatever the enemy is trying to do with what it is that I just said, that that would be shut down immediately. It is not a club. It is not a denomination. It's a way of being effective. It's a person who brings the most effectiveness into our lives. So I I pray that we would all walk more closely with the Holy Spirit. And I pray that we would know him more than we ever have. And I pray that we'd be filled with him more than we ever have been before. We just praise you and thank you in Jesus name. Amen. If you guys have not filled out this survey, it's in front of you. If you guys could just go ahead and do that. We just have three questions we wanted to ask you. Bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any future sermons. Stay connected with us by following us on Instagram and Facebook or visit PraiseYork.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you soon.